0: Hey friends, welcome to episode 26 of Sprouting in STEM, the podcast about young people in science. I'm Audrey Farrell.
1: I'm Matthew Murphy. And this week we talked about writing your undergraduate thesis.
0: Hi, how are you? How are you?
1: I have soup. kind of soup you make? Well. Well here's what?
0: Here's the story. Oh boy. That... I've never
1: heard a story about soup before, so this will be interesting.
0: What kind of life are you living? Not a good one, apparently. So I thought it would be a great time to make some matzo ball soup. But the problem with that is that I am also vegan, and the thing that holds matzo balls together is egg. And so we, we attempted to make a vegan matzo ball soup, and it kind of worked, except it's like quinoa and matzo balls, and they... They really just do fall apart as soon as you put them in the soup. <laughs> mm. So it's just quinoa soup. It's quinoa soup. But it's very good.
1: I know, I bet it's still got the flavoring now from mm. the balls.
0: It's okay. I'm to try and stop eating into the mic. Because <laughs> I'm sure that's really uh, enjoyable for everyone.
1: It's ASMR.
0: Well, so, how'd your week go, Matt?
1: It's been, I don't know, just like any other week, really. Nothing special has happened. Got through it. Did the work. Do you feel fully uh, adjusted
0: to uh, online life?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Kind of worked out all the kinks and kind of back into the groove of things.
0: Yeah. I'm still behind on work, technically.
1: Yeah. But I'm
0: behind in a permissible way. (laughs) So I have no incentive to catch up anytime soon.
1: Yeah. I feel like my the importance i place on like doing work every day has really diminished mm. and that's kind of been hard to catch back up with but at the same time i can't tell if the classes have also done the same
0: i think some of them have
1: like i've heard tell tale of people complaining that their workload is really ramped up because or ever since things have went online mm-hmm. which i really can't relate to and i'm kind of glad mhm i've really only had well, I had one assignment, which was two problems in a problem set. And another where I had to find my favorite picture of Mars and write a few sentences about it.
0: Yeah, like my problem set this week was only one question. And it wasn't a very hard question unless I vastly misunderstood how to do it.
1: <laughs> There's always that possibility.
0: I know. I Like I was deciding whether or not I should turn it in or think about it for a while longer. And I'm like, well, either I'm way overthinking it or I'm just too dumb to see that there's a more complicated way to do this that's, like, more rigorous. Because I made a fundamental assumption in order to solve the problem.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if you can't, then I don't know how to solve it, at least not off the top of my head. And I'm like, I'm just not going to spend any more time on this.
1: It's just Occam's razor playing out. Mm -hmm. It's simple. It's probably good. It's probably the way to go. (sighs) So I'm sure you're fine. I have also, like... Accompanied with a total loss of, of the concept of time in these past few weeks, like kind of picking back on a bit, I've totally not kept up with where we are in the year. So the fact that we're basically midway through April is astonishing to me.
0: I don't understand it.
1: And all these deadlines that have really just been on the back burner of my mind for the past semester are <laughs> very quickly rolling up. And it's hard to handle.
0: Yeah, we have um. Well, if if uh things had not gone online, we would have had to submit our poster for our thesis in about a week. Isn't that? When's that due
1: now? Do you know?
0: No, now uh, so that it, we were supposed to have a post in person poster symposium. Um, and the reason we had to submit it so early was that, that it took time to print, like a hundred posters, and. Now that things are online, we have more time to work on it, but we have to record a video of ourselves presenting it and then submit that. But that's not due until May fifth, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing I gotta do is actually look at what these deadlines are.
0: Yep, I haven't updated my Google Calendar in far too long.
1: I haven't been on my Google Calendar in far too long. You I'm <sighs>
0: just eating soup throughout this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, so we're officially less than a month away from our thesis deadline yep isn't that fun to think about
1: nope (laughs) how are you doing with yours
0: well actually i think in the scheme of things i'm doing better than most i'm like i'm quite far in i have one more section to finish writing in my first draft and i have like comments back on my two main sections which are like my background and my methods that I Like, I already have comments back and I've discussed them and I know what I'm changing in my edits. So... I'm kind of... Like, I feel like by the end of today, I'll have a full first draft done, which is crazy. It's, like, just getting over 30 pages now. So it's not as long as I expected it to be. Which is nice. I expected it to be around 50. And I still have to make some changes to figures, but I think we're gonna be probably around 35. By the time I'm done, depending on how much I add in my edit.
1: hmm
0: But the goal is that I have the weekend to finish my first draft, and then next week I, I start editing and mostly edit my methods, and then the following week I edit the rest of it, and I start on my poster, and then I have another week for poster stuff, and then we're kind of just done. That's just it, which is wild.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you only doing it for the honors?
0: Yeah, I don't have to submit a departmental one. And...
1: So then I feel like you're under a lot less pressure. Cuz I I can't imagine how much review the honors committee does and like how much expertise they really have on they said don't... subjects. So, well,
0: like... I mean there's I'm not even thinking about the honors college aspect of my thesis. I'm just thinking of like making a clear full representation of the work i've done over the past year and a half right and it's, it's like it's important to me that it be up to the standard of like what physics expects you know so like i'm holding myself not to the honors college standards so much as my standards which are ridiculous and um and my advisor's standards as well so
1: that's a great way to approach it because it keeps you from being laxidaisy.
0: yeah i wanted i want it to be a really good standalone thesis that I can look back to and that other people in the future in my group can look back to if they need to use my code.
1: So That's good. I'm glad to hear that. And I feel like you're definitely probably the most ahead of at least most people.
0: I don't I know. I know some too many people... people
1: have drafts done already.
0: Really? Yeah, I guess being 30 pages in kind of puts me a little bit ahead.
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's But it's double-spaced. Oh, uh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, this is cheating.
0: They ask for you to do it double spaced. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I have not seen that.
0: I started writing it at 1.5 space or single space or something, and I was around 20 pages. So double spacing didn't change that much because a lot of what my thesis is is figures, especially in my methods section, it's so many figures, and those don't change size with spacing.
1: Uh yeah. And those just add easy length.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm at I'm at thirty pages now, without including, like, everything before the first chapter, which is like title page, abstract, acknowledgments, and and things, which I have also written.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you?
1: I am quite behind. Yeah. Yeah, because I've spent so long just trying to work on like finishing up uh, the simulations we have a, we've had to do. And we've spent absurdly long trying to make sense of them because it's mm. just nothing is going as expected. Oh no! And it's like we're unraveling like one new thing after another, and mm-hmm. just trying to make sense of everything in a way that like is something that could be written about, like with a solid foundation, and something that we could like carry through and be able to scientifically discuss without just being like hey this is interesting behavior (laughs) we're not really sure what's going on
0: can i show you something sure so this is the this is great podcast content but what, what i'm showing you is the outline that i wrote for my thesis when did i write this uh like i think early february we get down here and all this yellow stuff are things that my advisor highlighted because I hadn't done them yet. Mm. Like, at some point, you just have to stop doing the research and start writing the thesis. Mm. And, like, getting to that point was really hard because I was, like, I'm, I'm finishing up my first draft right now, so I'm looking back at this a lot while I write and just seeing all these things, and I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I had time to do this, and I don't, and it's so frustrating.
1: And it's hard to, yeah, like decide when to stop the work mm-hmm. and like make that in itself a complete set not really a complete set but like something to put into a paper and then move on to something else or like further that because mm-hmm. it's so easy to just you know work on one aspect of a project and that leads you to another and then like so on and so forth
0: yeah exactly like research never is done that's kind of the whole concept there's always more to figure out and more to do, and more to understand, and more to to verify. Like there are so many cool plots I want to make, but I just don't have the time or resources to make them right now. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the stuff that I'm like, I'm writing my conclusion right now, so I have to write like the the recommendations for future work kind of section. And it's like all the things that I would do if I had unlimited access to like data sets from bigger simulations and um, like different codes that I don't have right now. And like some experimental results and some like even just more time for myself with things I already have. Like if if I had time to implement, you know, this algorithm into my simulation code, that would be so beneficial to my results, but I didn't. And so I just have to move on. Mm. And yeah, picking that, that point to stop really sucks (laughs) (laughs) because I just want to finish. But like, There's no finish.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it could be like 30 years later and I'm standing next to like a fully built, commercially used plasma accelerator and I still still don't feel done.
1: It's like just deciding at what point it's solid enough by itself Mm -hmm. that the remaining open-ended questions aren't as restricting to the validity of what you have done before really
0: yeah and i feel like um part of the reason that my i I guess i'm like ahead in my thesis which is scary to say you're ahead when you have a first draft and it's due in a month and it's like your like capstone work from undergraduate but whatever it's okay but i think part of why i'm so ahead is that i have like a purely simulation project that i developed all by myself and like my work doesn't really depend on that many other people, and that many other things. So I don't like need to wait for data. I don't need to wait for another person to give me something. I mean, there are a few cases that I that I do, which are the things that are still not complete that I wish I could do, but I could still move forward without that because it was really a a um a kind of isolated project, I guess, within the fr- frame of my group and my research. And I also started a semester early on, on this project. So by by the time we officially started our thesis work, I was a semester ahead and, and already kind of developing things. Granted, like the work I did my first semester, like I look back on it and I'm like, you did nothing. You had three <laughs> months. What did you do? Like, <laughs> I wrote one really terrible piece of code in C++ that like barely worked and barely showed anything. And it took me months. And then I took the summer off to go work in Texas on nuclear stuff. And I came back. I rewrote the entire code in Python in like a day and then added so much to it that it was already a whole new program and did so much more and completely changed the direction of my project. So I have a, had a bit of a head start on my thesis work.
1: Well, that's really the best part of being able to start early. It's not like you're, you know, getting right up to steam early mm-hmm. and then you have like like you said an extra three months of your project tacked on it's just all the bad stuff that you would normally do right off the bat you get out of the way
0: yeah the shitty like I don't actually know the context of my work very well but I'm gonna try to write this code anyway and so you write this like weird unmotivated code that doesn't make much sense and then you come back and redo it with all that you've learned over like three or six months and Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my god, this didn't make any sense when I wrote it. And now it's all like, I see exactly what I'm doing. I was way overthinking it and underthinking it at the same time, the first time I wrote it. So now I'm like, now I have context within like plasma physics and accelerator physics. Now I have more coding experience because that's what I did my whole summer and like all this kind of shit. And I'm like, you know what? We can do this better. And you Just rewrite the whole thing. And I feel like everyone gets to that point in their research. At least, like, I, I did in my last group as well where I'm like, this is not the best way to be doing this. And then I redid essentially a lot of my other work. But, I don't know. How's, uh, have you have you actually started, like, writing things into your thesis document yet?
1: Um, the only thing I haven't touched yet is, like, the results and discussion. Okay, I have not done any of that yet. At least in terms of writing. Yeah. Basically just all the background and uh motivating some of the methods that I used and then kind of discussing on them, which I still have a lot yet to write about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I have my conclusions left to do and it feels weird because my, my thesis is structured a little bit oddly because I didn't so much start with like a, you know, a hypothesis that I was testing And then, like, my conclusion is, oh, my hypothesis was right or my hypothesis was wrong. Instead, I, like, I developed a tool for simulating plasma accelerators. So, like, my whole thing is, like, more so the development of this tool that can be used in a lot of different applications. Mm -hmm. And then, like, what do you conclude? Like, this is cool. (laughs) Wow, this will really speed up some studies, won't it? That's cool like
1: well that's that's just it though
0: yeah i know it's but it's just it feels weird to write because it's not what i'm used to reading when i read other people's theses but
1: Mm -hmm. that's okay i can't say i've ever read a thesis before to be honest
0: i i've been reading a bunch not like fully through because like doctoral theses are like hundreds of pages but i refer back to other theses in my field quite a bit actually be like oh how is this structured or even like Oh, like, how is this phrased? Like, do they introduce this thing first before talking about this method that I'm using? Or do they... Like, what kind of context do they give to this whole system? And how long do they spend talking about this before they jump into their specific research? Like, that kind of stuff. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I just, like... I just reference them a lot. And... It's been really helpful, actually. Like, if I'm stuck on how to say something especially like my background section was for me i think the hardest to write because it's not stuff i've done it's it's stuff other people have done and that i'm building off of so i feel weird writing about it but it was really really helpful to go read just the introductions to other people's theses and and their background sections just to see how much they included and like what they deemed important to say and versus not and, mm-hmm. and kind of like the vibe of the whole thing yeah
1: yeah i've so. done the exact same thing just instead of theses just um actual academic papers
0: yeah well i've i've read quite a few of those just for my references but
1: yeah well yeah that too
0: yeah that kind of does itself
1: and what better place to figure out how to format things than higher work you're citing
0: yeah that's true I had a weird moment last week when I was writing my background where I realized that I might be violating copyright because in order to like demonstrate things in my background I use figures from other people's papers and I'm like I had to talk to my advisor I'm like so how do you like actually properly cite someone else's figure in your own thesis and it was it just feels it feels weird Mm -hmm. to be like here's someone else's work (laughs) Which is the whole point of using references. But Yeah.
1: It's usually just citing what someone said and not the figures is a lot less commonplace.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just feels weird to like take a screenshot and put it into your thesis. Feels wrong.
1: Gotta make sure you get the high resolution then.
0: I know. I well I gotta I also wanna email like some of the authors that I am using figures from. Just to like ask permission, even though this isn't being published, so it's, I technically don't really have to. I feel like it might be polite. Yeah. And, and it's like a networking strategy, if anything, because I'm entering the field more and more. Makes sense. And
1: be like, hey, I'm doing work now too.
0: Yeah. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm a person in this field now too. Welcome to me. <laughs>
1: like, Pass along your CV as well.
0: Yeah. So, I think I only use four figures from other people.
1: I've always found it really odd to talk to someone about their work, especially when it's like coming off really cold. And doing that, especially during admission season, was really. It was. I found it really difficult.
0: Yeah, like writing cold, open emails to different professors, being like, I'm really interested in this aspect of your work, like from this paper and all this. It's, yeah. It's a weird process
1: it's like oddly invasive and i hear it all the time that uh researchers love to talk about their own work which not is not even true. like a selfish type of thing just because it's you know what they're experts in and they do love it so which is why they love to talk about it but it feels weird to ask about it
0: oh i wanted to let you know you're in my acknowledgement section am i for letting me rubber duck
1: <laughs> i'm honored
0: I, like, writing, I, this is a pro tip for for people that are stuck on their thesis, is, like, I sat down today, and I couldn't really figure out how I wanted to start, like, writing today, and I was kind of stuck, and I, like, thought about it for a while, and then I realized I was too in my head, and I, like, just wasn't writing anything, and so I went and I wrote my acknowledgement section, because that's, like, not really academic writing, so much as just, like, oh, wow, I'm really grateful to these people and you can be a little more like loosey-goosey with it and you don't have to worry about is this technically correct because it's subjective so i did that and like once i had written my acknowledgments, it was so much easier to keep going and and like write the actual thesis so that's a a good writer's block tip to to everyone
1: until you do that once in Write your whole acknowledgement section, and then you don't have anything else to. <laughs>
0: I mean, but there's always something else with. to add. There's always something else to add, or like you can go and write your abstract, and then go back to writing everything else, or you could go and write your dedication if you want to have a dedication in your thesis, or, or mm. you can even like just not write your thesis, just write something else, like yeah. <laughs> like, like write a fucking poem or write an email to someone, like. Just to get nah, you I, going.
1: I couldn't do an email, those are too hard. <laughs> I absolutely overthink every single email I send. Oh no. So I'd probably put as much thought into the thesis than I would an email. It's ridiculous. But like, yeah. If you like to write short stories, this is the time.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, it's a great thing to do. Because I feel like there's um a lot of times like a barrier when you are writing, that's just the barrier from brain to keyboard. Yep. And so if you start writing just anything, you get past that pretty quickly. Mm. And then you can move back, and then that barrier's gone, so it's easier to write the things you're actually there to write. Like, that works for writing literally anything. Like, if I'm stressed out about a paper or a presentation that I'm having trouble writing, I'll literally just go write an email I've been meaning to write that day, and then go write it. Just so I've, like... I'm I'm working. I'm in work mode. I'm in writing mode. And that's really helpful for moving on.
1: And yeah, I'll do that all the time. But like even just writing gibberish works. (laughs) Like I'll be working on like the thesis or like a paper, a report I got to do. And I'll be having trouble starting or like thinking of how I want to word something. So I'll literally just start typing. I'll be like, this is me typing. I'm talking (laughs) about this work. And then I'll slowly work it into something relevant. Yeah, and I find that a great way to get the ball rolling.
0: That's a really good strategy. When I was um when I was in high school, I wrote novels for fun every November because I'm a dork. And one thing that we do a lot is like is we do a thing called 10K Tuesdays, where you write 10,000 words on a Tuesday. It's horrific, but kind of fun. Um, you just like hoard snacks and and sit down and write for like 12 hours. But the way we kind of, like, get into writing mode for a lot of stuff like that was just to go do random writing prompts. Like, you can go on the internet and find a random writing prompt generator and just take a prompt, write some random bullshit about it, and don't even worry if it's good. Don't worry what you're saying. Don't worry if it's a plot that makes sense or if the words sound good. Just, like, get writing and Mm -hmm. then transition to what you're actually doing. And and I always found that like a really nice way to kind of like break things up. Like we'd do that at the beginning, but we'd also do it like throughout the day. If we were writing a lot that day. We'd be like, Okay, let's take a break and just write something else. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. It's nice. Like I'll even use just writing messages to my friends as an excuse to be doing something else as a break while I'm writing my thesis. Like I'd be mm-hmm. like, Okay, I've been writing for like an hour. I'm gonna I'm gonna go like, send a message to so and so just like asking how their day is going and like have a little conversation and then come back. It's nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird because like we never think of, you know, warm ups or <laughs> yeah. intellectual exercises.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, you know, if you're going to go work out or go for a run, the first thing you think to do is, you know, stretch, warm up a little. It's just so intuitive. But when you think about writing or doing research or whatever, that concept does not exist and it's just not something you think to do Mm -hmm. but it's really important and it really helps
0: i'm so close to being done with my first draft i'm so close i can like taste it
1: it's a good feeling
0: Mm, it is and i'm like reasonably happy with what i've written so far like i i've i've gotten feedback as i've been writing so i know what i need to fix and but none of it's like that major you know yeah. Like, I, the best feeling in the world, I, I was really stuck on my background section. It took me, like, a week just to, like, kind of hype myself into writing it. Because I was so, like, I, like, it's probably one of the worst cases of writer's block I've had. And I've written, like, quite a lot. I was so stuck. I just didn't know where to start. And I was so anxious about, like, saying the wrong thing scientifically, you know? Like, misrepresenting the system and... And saying something that was incorrect and then sending it to my advisor and him being like, do you not understand this? Like, you've been working with me for a year and a half and you don't understand, like, this fundamental aspect of your system. And I'm like, oh, no. no. So I got really, like, nervous about it. And, and I just wanted so much for it to be correct that I, I couldn't write it. <laughs> it was yeah. really stressing me out. And it got to the point where I, I like, I was stuck on it for a full week. And I wrote the entire thing in like one day and just marathoned it. And I I wrote the whole thing and I made a PowerPoint presenting the whole thing in one day. And most of it It's
1: so much easier to correct incorrect writing than it is to just flat out write correct writing.
0: Yeah. Actually, I'm very glad that I had to give a presentation on that section of my thesis. Like, for our group meetings, we we're supposed to be giving presentations pretty much every week, but since I've been writing this whole semester, our mindset is generally just like, oh, when you're, like, finishing up a section, give a presentation on that section so that we can kind of just see the whole thing and you could still get experience presenting even though you're not doing new work right now because you're writing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was actually really nice because essentially what I did is I just made a slide for each point of my outline and then I just filled it in. And then I would go back and I'd, like, elaborate in my actual thesis. And so I kind of used making slides as a, a, a way to expand my outline into something workable as, like, as writing. And I made these slides and I wrote the whole section in, like, a day. And then I sent it to my advisor. And I got an email back, like, only a few hours later that's like, hey, Audrey. This is good. Like, I made some editorial suggestions, but there's no major changes that you need to make. And i was like, wow. It's <laughs> like the best feeling. I'm like, yes. I'm not wrong. <laughs> it was very nice. That's nice. It was a good feeling. But I definitely, I let the, the fear of being incorrect get to me a little bit. And there was mm-hmm. there was something incorrect in my slides. And so when I presented my slides, I got corrected on that. And then I went and changed it in my thesis before submitting it. So that was also nice. So I was incorrect in some ways. But,
1: but it gives you that little bit of buffer to yeah. actually make mistakes and then be able to fix it when it matters.
0: Yeah, I think I, think, oh, I, I very easily get held back by the fear of fucking up. And in, in your thesis, it's really easy to just not write because you're like, this is like scientific, technical writing. Like everything I say has to be correct. And so you're stuck on one sentence because you're not entirely solid on the either on the science or just on the way to phrase it that makes it most clear. And you just gotta kind of get over it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and that's why writing other shit helps too, because when you're like writing creatively, you don't have to worry so much about being like precise and correct. But if you do that for a little bit and then come back, you can kind of like work yourself through the the fear of fucking up. And just let yourself be wrong, because it's the first draft. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What I found really helpful is that, and I've mentioned this probably on a previous episode, but I follow this account on Twitter that just kind of tweets out, like, comments found on, like, old manuscripts submitted to this one particular science journal. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of them are just like, hey, this is wildly incorrect. Hey, this <laughs> doesn't make sense. And it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm about because like it makes you think that this is a very common experience yeah writing a journal or writing a thesis that like there are parts you aren't as knowledgeable on there are parts you're unsure of there are parts that like even as the writer don't quite make sense to you yeah and that's normal that's that's okay
0: yeah i went to a talk like a month ago or a month and a half ago that was all about um the gamma ray galactic center excess or whatever Um, Which was a weird talk for me to go to, because I didn't usually go to, like, astrophysics talks, but it was um, at a grad school I was visiting, so I decided to go to just kind of see what the vibe was for talks. And it was actually a really good talk, because it was mostly telling a chronological story about how different papers had been getting this wrong, and how mismodeling the data had, had manipulated people into thinking things that could not be true. And so throughout the whole talk, it's like, okay, so we got to like, you know, 2005, and then this paper was released. And two years later, we were looking at the data, and we realized that that was actually not true, because this computational effect had misled them, and then we published this paper, and then that turned out not to be... Like, all this kind of stuff that's, like, correcting. And I think it's just important to realize that that's the scientific process. It's like publishing what you believe to be true at the time, but leaving yourself the capability to be incorrect like all Mm -hmm. that's all we do Mm -hmm. as scientists is just like try our best to get something that is accurate but never truly like we we don't let what we believe in our hearts to mislead the science right so there's always the possibility that all of the work you do could just be incorrect and proved incorrect a few years down the line or and even
1: even if it is you're not going to get denounced for it yeah there's not that much at stake, you could say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends on the circumstances in the field. But yeah, I mean, as
1: long as as long as you're not like consistently incorrect and in mm-hmm. being proven incorrect, like a month after your paper comes out, because people are just immediately that no, that's wrong. Yeah, but yeah, so much of science is built upon like correcting and improving. Mm-hmm. It's not just improving because not every foundational paper has been entirely correct. Yeah. It's not like you're building. A tower. Science is at its heart learning as we go.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of the point of research, isn't it? Yeah. That's helpful when when you're writing and you get kind of spooked by the fact that you're writing scientific work and it needs to be like objective and and all this. You're like, well, you know what? Like this is science. Like the whole point is like this is what the process that got me to believing this thing. You know, and and whether or not. It's 100% solid is kind of not always your job to prove. It's more your job to show your process and, and like justify why you're making the conclusions that you are.
1: And especially if it's just the first draft. Yeah, especially it's not the if it's a fucking
0: first draft. Like I'm, I, I got to the point where I had so little time to write my background because I'd been like stuck on it for so long. And I'm like, you know what? This is a fucking first draft. It doesn't fucking matter, if I'm not like an expert in plasma physics as an undergrad who's only been working on it for a year and a half. We're fine. Like it's okay, mm-hmm. and and also just remembering that this is an undergrad thesis, which most people aren't even required to do one. Like, it's it's fine.
1: Like, we it are can be kind already of already ahead of the game. Yeah, it's okay. And no, no. Well, with a few exceptions, <laughs> no one's really going to look at it in the yeah. future.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's so easy to to because we're reading all the papers that other people have published and, and other people's theses. It's easy to convince yourself that you're expected to do the same caliber of work when you and then you realize that those people have had their PhDs for like two decades when they wrote the paper that you're reading and like they're a little bit ahead of you and it's okay to be worse <laughs> right now because we're we're mm-hmm very very young in the field
1: they were once in our same position yeah
0: like they probably wrote a shitty undergrad thesis you're fine yeah i think i've been i've been easily misled reading especially since i read other people's theses then i'm like oh so my thesis should be like this and then i'm like well no because this is a doctoral thesis And you're writing an undergrad thesis, and they're a little bit different. Like, you're not expected to know all this shit because you, like, I haven't even finished my first class on plasmas. And even that is a special topics course. (laughs) Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not expected to know all this. And it's okay. But I don't know. It's easy to psych yourself into holding too high of a standard to actually make progress. Mm
1: -hmm. Because even though you have been working on it for a short period of time, like, compared to other experts in the field for you it's totally different because that short period of time is the entire time you've been working on it so it feels long and it feels like you should be up to speed by now yeah but that's just not realistic Mm
0: -hmm. i've enjoyed writing though overall it's kind of a nice process i think part of it's because it like writing my thesis means i'm done like done with my project and so it's like it's opened a lot of space for me to look back on how just how much work I've done, you know. Yeah, and it's like, a
1: great way to like see the fruits of your labor.
0: Yeah, like I'm writing my thesis and I'm on the conclusions. I'm on like page thirty of my thesis and I'm like, oh god, what do I even summarize at this point? And I'm like, well, just take a moment. You did all this work, <laughs> like, like this this method didn't exist before you came and made it like that's pretty cool and and just kind of taking a moment to like while you're stressed about writing your thesis and like oh my god i only have a month to do all this shit just like well well look at all the cool shit that i did like (laughs) that's pretty tight Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. taking a moment to kind of be proud of yourself for all the work you did And then write the thesis, and then be proud that you also wrote a thesis. (laughs) One day.
1: And if anything, it's just practice for the doctoral thesis.
0: I know. This is not going to be our last thesis, Matt.
1: (laughs) It's the warm-up. It's
0: the the warm-up. And I don't know if I'm writing a master's thesis yet. I might be. I'm not sure. Are you getting your master's degree on the way to your PhD?
1: I have no idea. (laughs)
0: You might want to find that out.
1: <laughs> I don't really I like don't care about it, to be I honest. Mean,
0: yeah. It kinda just when you're into a PhD program already, your masters just kind of happens to you if that's what your program has.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> And it's lesser important than, you know, the doctoral degree.
0: Yeah. I've heard people's like mixed opinions about getting your masters on your way to your PhD in at least in physics. Because it's not necessary. You don't you don't have to. There are a lot of programs that will just let you in as an under after undergrad. And you get your PhD and you never get a master's degree. And then there are others where you're required to get your master's degree on the way. Like like UCLA, I'm required to get my master's. So I'm getting one. That's cool. Mm. But nice. uh, if I if I end up having to write a master's thesis, it will be kind of like a warm-up to my real thesis. You know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I've talked to have, have appreciated that, that aspect of, of getting your master's. Because they're like, you know when you write your master's thesis you're not expected to have fully done the project that you're going to do for your for your doctoral thesis so it's kind of like it's kind of like just getting the groundwork laid out
1: now how long would they have you doing that for
0: one or two years it depends on how speedy i am and then another like four or five <laughs> to get my phd
1: that's going to be something to adjust to um going into a doctoral program is that its i feel like it's a lot less structured Mm. and that it's not like a stepping stone program like undergrad is yeah where you have a defined set of four years and what you do in each year Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting
0: i see what you mean though about like you have so much unstructured time for your phd because everyone's phd is going to be different that they can't plan it Mm -hmm. for you. Like like you generally have the whole like first two or three years of coursework and you get your master's and you do your certain exams and qualifying things and your, yeah, your like progression from just like grad student to PhD candidate. But after that, like, it's just like... Go do work. Now you work. (laughs) It's like, okay, I guess I'll work.
1: Yeah, it's so dependent on your own progress mm-hmm. and having your own schedule and keeping up with that
0: yeah so my master's i need to take like nine to ten different courses it's i guess the main question is whether or not i can do that like how much time it will take me to do that so i have like my six court courses and then i can try and add in enough that i get my master's in one year but it will be rough <laughs> like it's gonna be hard if I want to get my master's in physics before I transfer to ECE for my PhD. Yeah. Exhausting. Well, that'll,
1: that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard any mention from them about doing a master's on the way. Like, they've basically laid out the first two-year course plan and then transitioning into, like, starting TAs and then taking your qualifiers and stuff. And it's been solely focused on the doctoral and there's been no mention of the masters. So I would I am led to believe that it's not something they do.
0: Yeah. I think the my like my masters usually in physics it usually takes four quarters. And if I'm not taking classes over the summer, that means it will take me a year and like a third. A little over a year.
1: Just yet another thing to hang up on the wall.
0: I know. God do you ever think about the fact that we've got, like, a month left in undergrad?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that I think a, about it all the time. A little crazy. It's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm. It's, it's, it's hard to believe.
0: Like, I feel like I've just gotten so used to it at this point that I don't know what my life <laughs> is going to be without, like, my course load and everything. Yeah. I mean, I still have... Because
1: college experience has become your life
0: yeah and and especially now that we've kind of had all this fun pandemic happenings like it's come to my home where this is just what i do Mm -hmm. at home like this is my life (laughs) now and like i'm still gonna be doing research over the summer but it's just gonna be I'm, i'm done with undergrad that's so weird like this is the last time i'm gonna be doing stony brook really stony brook things
1: we're going to be getting a diploma soon. God,
0: I haven't even thought about it. Like, I haven't thought about graduation. I haven't thought Same. about having a, a bachelor's degree.
1: And that's another thing, because if we were on campus, right about now is when we'd be worrying about, like, going to Shop Red West and ordering our gown and yeah. cap and taking our senior photos and yeah. all that jazz. So
0: this has, like, disrupted a lot of the clues that I am almost done. So it's very yeah. easy to forget. <laughs> the little
1: stepping stones you're supposed to take leading up to your graduation. Yep. That, you know, make it a lot more memorable. Crazy. Sad. A little bit sad. I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset that I'm not going to have to drop money on a cap and gown. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like 80 bucks. I don't want to do that.
1: I'm going to have to shop for a diploma frame. I'm excited to see what mine looks like. Because <laughs> I don't really know. How, if it is, it just like a plain diploma, no matter what sort of extracurriculars you add on it, or is it like the high school one where they kind of add stickers onto it for different things?
0: I think it's only going to say like your name, your major, your degree, and like summa cum laude or magna cum laude if you have it. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably it. We got that summa did i tell you so stony Brook wrote like a little article about all the nsf grfp recipients and which is cool whatever so it's got like a little profile of me on it but it sure does say that i'm a student in chemistry on the whole article
1: that's <laughs> odd yeah and why like, does it say that stony
0: Brook? That? you're the one who wrote this like you have access to my transcripts like you know what major I have. Like
1: And I feel like in the article it probably would have said what you like what field you earned the award for. Yeah,
0: like it, it literally so says kind of... says physics in astronomy on like my GRFP thing. That's So, so like, funny. It, where'd they get chemistry from?
1: I in order to get physics honors, I had to drop my current astronomy research credit and instead enroll in a physics credit. Mm-hmm. And because, like, this was all done later than the deadlines, it's a W on my transcript.
0: Oh, no. That's, so that's a W.
1: <laughs> and, like, I, I personally don't really care because, like, one, it's for a good reason. Mm. It's to earn honors in, you know, two different majors. And, like, also... You know, the rest of my transcripts were pretty good. It got me into a PhD program. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. But the fact that next fall I ha- then have to send like the updated official transcript to UA. Mm-hmm. And like, they're gonna, they're gonna ask me questions about why that wasn't there beforehand. <laughs> and I'm not prepared for that. I don't want to have to explain that. I don't even know if they'd ask. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like they just ask for the transcripts just to make sure you graduated. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I think you're fine.
1: And I also, I don't think we've gotten any word, aside from, like, applying to graduation and everything, that, like, hey, you're actually, like, good.
0: Yeah, I haven't gotten confirmation yet, because I feel like it's waiting on several things. Like, we wouldn't actually get confirmation until, like, yeah, right when graduation's supposed to happen.
1: So I get these, like, odd anxieties every now and then <laughs> of, like, what if I don't actually graduate? <laughs> I forgot
0: something... Like I, yeah. I and I haven't like been to an advisor ever, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm good, right? Like I've checked DegreeWorks and with like all the admin people in my departments, but like I worry.
1: You know, just in case, you there was like one small credit somewhere that you just overlooked, or like something that DegreeWorks messed up, so you thought you were good, but you're actually not. Yeah. fingers crossed we're good i'm sure we're good
0: i know it's probably fine but i I would be lying if i said i'm not going on to degree works in my other monitor right now oh no (laughs) just make sure we should be fine i'm just stressed
1: yeah yeah it's that time of the year
0: yep i should finish the first draft of my thesis tonight which is very exciting and then maybe i'll take i'm
1: gonna really have to hunker down and finish it this upcoming week
0: yeah because i feel like i'm being very concise which is why like we originally thought it would be 50 pages and it's only going to be like 35 because i'm like very like this 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 and like there's no fluff which is like i feel like how it's supposed to be but it's also like it goes kind of fast i feel like there are some places where i could hold the reader's hand a little bit more (laughs) so Hmm. we'll see
1: yeah that's another thing that's been hard to figure out is what parts to do that for and what parts to just kind of summarize and move yeah it's past. hard to
0: like nail down the vibe you know like how how direct should I be, you know
1: yeah mm. anything else
0: I think that's it I've just been I feel like I've not even done anything else except work on my thesis for like ages, like what is other school work? I don't know her. <laughs>
1: It's just, it's not just pieces,
0: nothing else. All right, any any closing thoughts for this episode? I feel like we laid out some some good shit quality content. Yeah.
1: I don't have anything else <laughs> uh, to say. I,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, we're still in crazy times, working from home and not going outside. I it snowed all day yesterday, and I couldn't go for a walk. It drove me nuts. I, I was so cooped up, and I had a meeting.
1: You totally could have walked in the snow.
0: It, it was like gross wet snow though because it was like not that cold mm. so you just yeah. end up drenched but it's like blowing around enough that an umbrella doesn't help so it wasn't really a fun snow that's, to walk around that's in. the yeah. worst so i feel like i had a research meeting at like 5 p.m and i feel like i was just like crazy in that meeting i was like so amped up because i had had the same amount of coffee that i usually do when i'm like going on really long walks and and like being a little more social but i had just spent the whole day sitting down and like writing and doing nothing and so i was so hyper <laughs> for the whole meeting i'm like hello how are you let's talk about all this stuff i wrote so much here's my plan for the next four weeks and like here's everything i'm doing and all these deadlines and i'm gonna do this next week <laughs> it's like chill out <laughs> <laughs> but uh i can go for a walk today i'm gonna do that still
1: nice i hope you enjoy it. That's something I gotta start doing is exercise. I know,
0: I'm still not back in it. I've just been going for, like, pretty long walks.
1: And, like, I don't know why, but it's always been the case where, like, if I'm writing something, I always gotta be, like, super close to it. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever seen me writing.
0: Like, on paper? Yeah, yeah you, like, lay like down I have on the eyes, paper. my eyes <laughs> I don't understand it. You can get like. Well, two I started doing away. that with my computer oh too. Oh my god, your poor eyes! We're
1: all like lean forward into it. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta chill with that.
0: And that's it for this week. Hopefully, next next week we'll be a little further along in our thesis. We'll give you some updates.
1: I think I, I could crank out twenty five pages in a week.
0: In a week, let's see. How long did it take me to write my methods? It depends. Like like all mine has been. Like, up until this point, not very dense writing sessions. Like, I'll I'll write a lot on one day and then take a few days off and then write a lot on a one day because I had other coursework, but now I'm focusing a little more on my thesis. So, I cranked out seven pages in probably eight hours uh, when I was doing my background section. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty good. But that doesn't include all the time before that I spent reading other papers and... And doing all that kind of shit and like outlining. But if you have like outlining done and you know your references and things, 25 pages, I think it's doable in a week. I feel like if you have like three really dense writing days where you just fucking go. (laughs) And then you have like kind of break days where like you won't write so much, but you'll do more like reading that you need to do or outlining or planning. That kind of stuff, making plots if you need to. That's kind of a good Mm -hmm. way to do it. Instead of just like writing, 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 giving yourself those like break days, kind of. And you got other coursework to do, I assume. So, I think you can
1: do it. Sadly,
0: I think you can do it. Twenty-five pages in a week.
1: I wish we could just have a semester devoted purely to the thesis.
0: (laughs) Anyway, updates on thesis progress coming next week, and that's about it. We'll, We'll see you guys next week. You don't want to say anything?
1: See you guys next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's so awkward. Hope you enjoyed.
0: Oh, God. Okay.